1: Yeah. Uh. Five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Wait, here's the thing. You can check the score.
2: Hustle hard, couple scars, rain, bubble frogs. Just like to said, you in trouble, y'all. the floor playing. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block? Stop one hand. Impact we trust. it's foul had the guts. We here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up.
0: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA, featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network.
3: Welcome back to the latest edition of Five on the Floor live. I am your host, Greg Sylvander. We are coming to you directly after the post game, or uh, directly after the Miami Heat San Antonio Spurs. Uh, game that we're going to talk about reluctantly. Tonight's floor plan with me, we have Sean Rochester, follow him at S Rochester NBA, and we have Brian Fonseca at Brian Fonseca NY. Um, Gosh, guys, here we go. 115-111, the San Antonio Spurs come into Miami and defeat the Miami Heat with a Basically full roster. I mean, whatever. Y'all want to do the Gabe Vincent thing, we could do that. But, like, the starters were there. And basically, like, a coherent eight or nine were were, were there. And it didn't work out. Uh, On the heels of losing to a seven, I guess at that time, six-win Detroit Pistons team at home. They now lost to a seven-and-18 San Antonio Spurs team at home. Um, The Clippers game felt like a constipated victory in itself, so I don't know that I was feeling like that was a springboard for anything that was necessarily uh, meaningful. And then they come out here tonight, and they lay an egg. Defense was as leaky as we've seen it in quite some time. San Antonio shoots above 50% for the game. Bench uh, scoring was not even in the same ballpark I'm not I haven't looked at the final numbers, but this is just what I remember taking place and some of what I was charting as we went throughout the game. Uh, I didn't know how points in the paint shook out, but i I'll just say this. Um, we're getting to that point, y'all. We're getting to the point where like if you don't start to, even though you're three games out of the four seed, and that's probably why they'll like play around here, like how many of these victories have to happen before you like look in the mirror and say, cut the shit, um. Sean, I'll start with you here uh, for this particular episode because sometimes you can um, provide perspective where there is none um, or where there doesn't appear to be any, I should say. Uh, what were your feelings on this game? I I, I don't necessarily need you to um, break down play-by-play, play, but just overall, like just to see this effort and whatnot, um, how are you processing another awful home loss for the Miami Heat?
2: Yeah, I mean I think your point about the defense was the thing that concerned me the most. You know, they were almost at a 120 offensive rating tonight. That's good enough. Um they were getting to the free throw line. They just could not keep them off the free throw line. And a lot of people will point towards that last fourth quarter kind of segment with a bunch of fouls that were very questionable and I I did not like the officiating in the fourth quarter, but that certainly is not at all what the reason why we lost was. Like that you cannot blame officiating when you're constantly giving up those straight line drives into the basket. We just couldn't, we couldn't defend consistently enough. And I thought when it got down to the end and when it kind of flattens out and it's more one-on-one without ball movement, I thought Caleb, I think it was both times Caleb contested Devin Vassell very, very well. Like those were big time shots. And I think Caleb did a good job on him one-on-one. We just, we just didn't do enough. I just you know we we keep saying this in the post game it's just not enough at this point point. and um you know at the end i'm sure we'll talk about that last play again it's questionable decision making whether it's offense or defense and and you know obviously it didn't work out for us.
3: So there's been so many things that have been headaches and um unlike others i feel like uh here at Five Reasons Sports Network and Five on the Floor in particular we were trying to um take a more measured approach to making um, firm declarations on the basketball team because there's many examples. So if we were to just use data to drive our decision making, we would see that the Miami heat have turned seasons like this around before. But this one is tough to swallow. I mean, when you look at this forty six to thirty two rebounding um, disadvantage to San Antonio, let's hone in on the last play, Brian. Let's go right to it because, uh what it appeared as if took place is that Tyler went for the win um and I didn't hate that shot necessarily because I was over this game frankly um bam got the rebound he turned um and he looked as if had he gathered himself went up strong he likely could have gotten a a high percentage shot near the basket but instead it went out to Caleb Martin and Caleb Martin took a, a three that um you know, he's been having these barrage of three point shots. So, you know what? Like there's also an element of it that I don't hate. But boy, to get risky and go for the win in this scenario when you really needed to grind out that victory and not uh, get too risky. Is that your vantage point? How did you um, take in that last play? You think Bam made the right decision to to, to kick it out? How, how How did you process that?
1: When I was watching it live, it seemed fine. Now I've replayed it, I don't know, 14, whatever the fuck times. And uh, Tyler Hero, first of all, he gets his pull-up three that I actually didn't mind. Probably not the shot that I would have went with, especially so early in the shot clock with, you know, all that time remaining. Um, There was no shot clock because they had some time. Bam Adebayo gets the rebound. And then, like, he does actually have a lane to shoot. Like he can just sort of get into the paint, like turn around over his left shoulder and get in there, throw up a hook shot, you know, go at the rim, try to get fouled. Nobody's really like, you know, bothering him to the degree where he can't take a shot. But he does find a wide open Caleb Martin. It's the first thing he sees before he even looks into the paint. He finds Caleb Martin wide open. Now, my issue with this is probably, and this is literally what I'm looking at. My issue with this is probably like they have one timeout left. I'm a proponent. Maybe Coach Sean would agree with me. Use your last timeout if you have it. You get the offensive rebound. Why not just call the timeout there? Draw something up, especially if you're Eric Spolstra. You have five, six seconds left to play with. Easy to say in hindsight, but like generally speaking, that's probably what I would have done. Sean, you look like you want to jump in. Yeah,
2: I mean the inside-out three is one of the highest things on the analytic charts in terms of value of a shot, and and I you know not taking account for who has the ball inside and then who has the shot on the outside. I agree with you when I when I first watched it live, I felt like there was a lot of traffic in there. But if you watch that, uh, Lowry almost tries to seal off that defender, and even if he doesn't seal him off, to me, Bam is a good enough offensive player. He's a good enough free throw shooter. So even if you do have to do that panic foul, like I can't give up this shot, he's going to go to the line confidently down two, and, and I'm okay with that. You know, like back in the day, if that was Shaq, certainly Shaq obviously would have powered that back up, but then you got to worry about the free throw part of it. I don't mind the pass. And I'm not a big proponent of the Caleb Martin three-point shooting stuff. I just don't know. Like if you call a timeout as good as Spo is – do you get a better shot than a wide open wing Caleb Martin 3? You just don't know. And I think that's, that's true. your point. He,
1: that's, but here, that's here's one, the that's, thing C- Caleb took long enough to where he actually kind of got closed out because he, t- he doesn't have the quickest release. Because the doesn't. gather and the release. He, yeah, right. he gathers and then he has to put one foot in front of the other. I'm not yeah. even like saying this is a joke. Like this is how his process is. Everybody's different, right? and his release was slow enough to where he kind of got closed out there again all this is hindsight it's easy to say like in the flow of the game it it didn't seem like it was like egregious because if Caleb Martin makes a shot every one of you motherfuckers in the comments are saying something different right like (laughs) every last one of you so like we're we're playing a hindsight like easy game here but like yes what you probably would have wanted is one well if you like this team, you want them to make the shot, but what you probably would have wanted is for BAM to take the shot coming down or at the very least use your last time out. And yeah, Greg is not a, uh, not very happy. I would say.
3: Yeah. Well, that comment about BAM Adebayo being a six, nine justice Winslow. um, That's just, that's not coherent thinking. So we shall not uh, entertain that too much. I do uh, want to shout out a comment that we'll talk about in a moment from Patrick Hartunian. Um, so, uh, Manny, if you could cue that one up. But before we do, I want to tell you about a great sponsor of the five reasons sports network, and that's a aggressive insurance. They sponsor this post game show. Lynette is a loyal listener. Um, a aggressive insurance is a broker agency that's been servicing South Florida for over 15 years. They offer auto homeowner condo life insurance, retirement programs, free notary uh, service to all clients. They represent leading insurance carriers all throughout South Florida. So if you have a bad driving record, no problem. No drivers refused. Free phone quotes. So you get an idea of what you're walking into. Uh, call Lynette. You want to check out the website insurancebylynette.com. Um, a A or yeah, excuse me, a underscore ins- aggressive insurance. aa aggressive insurance and aggressive insurance on Twitter. She's also in these comments here. So insurancebylynette.com is the official sponsor of
0: the five on the floor live post game shows
3: Uh, So, yeah, let's uh, slide back to Patrick's comment, if you still got it, Manny, because I think that um, this is how we probably all feel. Um, uh, This wasn't actually it. There was one at 7.46 p.m. specifically. Thank you. Stop talking about the last play as if we would feel any different if the shot went in. Should have never came to the last possession. I want to focus on that last sentence, Sean, because, like, this is another game, just like the Clippers game where they're shorthanded, and I know the Heat were relatively shorthanded, but tonight they weren't. The game in Memphis, the Heat were not shorthanded. If the starters start, to me, you're not shorthanded. Like, I I no longer am classifying you as shorthanded. And this is another game where they struggle. They look um, out of sorts, uh, particularly on defense. The rebounding is bad. Um, I, I, I don't know. Like, are you at the point where you think that this is um, – likely a couple transactions away from, from being fixed? Or do you think that there is other than just everyone starts shooting better? And like, that's the easy answer for everyone. So I'm trying to make you dig deeper in your bag than that. Anyway, for this actual core, as it stands right now, to stem the tide through January, like what's the biggest thing they got to do to not have this continue to take place?
2: To be very honest, Greg, I'm tired of getting on these post game shows and you ask me that same question.
3: You're
0: going back to the drawing board,
3: getting out the whiteboard, like- <laughs> and you're you know drawing up plays and figuring it out. But it's okay. I'll stop lobbing that no, one to you. No, I'm messing no with answer.
2: you, man. It just feels like every time I'm on, like it's after these losses, and we're asking that same question, like. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's it's frustrating because the process tonight just seemed like they were stuck in the mud. They could never get to that point where they were building a lead, holding on to a lead, pushing it further and further away so that a team like the Spurs, who doesn't really want to win, doesn't care to compete, would just give up. We just kept allowing them in the game. And you know that for anybody that's played sports, if you allow a lesser team to stick around, the longer that happens, they start to gain confidence. And that's what you saw in tonight's game. You know, I think at a certain point we have to start realizing that this current build as is, it's not working. It's not working on any end. And we've been talking about, you know, in terms of, um, you know, the identity of this team. It just doesn't seem like there's anything that's that's sticking with that team. So I don't know. Brian, what do you think?
1: (sighs) To me, it's not it's not as much the build as if like I'm watching the team and their depth is hurting them in a way that it wasn't last year because that was actually one of their strengths and whether it's guys not hitting shots, whether it's Dwayne, Dwayne, Dedman is a supremely confident guy apparently because he's trying to do shit that I don't know if he ever did, you know, including like at USC where he tried to yam it on. I forgot who it was. And then he got blocked and he was from very far out. Like, I mean, respect on the confidence, I guess. But now uh, apparently he uh, went to the locker room with an injury and uh, the Heat are hoping that they can <laughs> probably move him as soon as January 15th comes. But really to me is their depth. But I do have questions again, like we talked about this last time. I have questions about the uh, not long-term fit as it pertains to Kyle Lowry because you know that he has a year of this maybe after this. And there's a chance that he doesn't even finish this season on this team, but more so with Tyler hero. And I thought like overall, like he was f- fine today, but there was a point in the third quarter where he hits four, three pointers. And I'm like, Tyler hero's heating up. And Bam at doesn't have it going. And I don't think that's good for the fourth quarter because we've seen how that goes. We just had an episode talking about Tyler hero, putting up numbers and it not resulting in the W's, whether that's his fault, whether that's, you know the team's fault because like it means there aren't a lot of other solutions and it has to be tyler hero and jimmy butler jimmy butler had 30 which i felt like was a quiet 30 and i think that you're moving closer and closer to the point where it's going to be a retool around jimmy and bam unless something miraculous happens and maybe you keep a jovich you know maybe you keep a, a max Struz maybe I mean, I don't know if he's going to get the extension the way he's been playing. That's getting weird. Yeah, so like, but that's Jimmy's guy also, you know what I mean? But I think that's sort of where this is trending, which by the way, it's not really the worst case scenario long term, uh, depending on what you do with that build beyond that. Because obviously you're going to need to get somebody with some youth because Jimmy Butler is not getting any younger.
3: And here's uh, Brady, who's in the press room with Spo. He may have asked him some of this, but it says it was a pick and roll between Tyler and and Jimmy. Uh, It wasn't the cleanest, but they thought that that was what everyone felt most comfortable with. Um, So that sheds a little bit of light into that last play. Uh, But, you know, to the point of uh, the comment that was up a little bit ago, I'm I'm tired of asking Sean the question I asked him for the 47th (laughs) time in the last six weeks. Uh, I'm tired of them starting the season losing three or four at home I'm tired of them playing down to competition constantly I'm tired of the core four the big four as Eric Spolstra called them not ever figuring out how to make that work Um, I posed a question to Ethan recently is it more on those four guys to figure it out or is it on Eric Spolstra so I ask each of you and jump in um, as you wish who is it more on? Do y'all think that that is a thing that those four guys should be hashing out amongst themselves with obviously the help of the coaching staff from a strategic perspective, but, or is that straight up on Spo not figuring out how to maximize and utilize those guys together? Uh, What do you, what do y'all think? Cause I, I can't crack the code on this.
2: You know, I think, I think it's a lot to do with the players at this point. And I know that I usually, you know, I'm, I'm very supportive of Spo, and we all know he's a great coach, but I, I think it's beyond the X's and O's at this point. I, I think it's really, you know, those four guys, and, you know, you having the the closed-door team meeting type thing, players-only meeting, like, there has to be sort of that, that fire within. And if they don't have it for whatever reason, I know we, we've talked about this summer the guys thinking people were coming in or they were getting traded, there was going to be changes. Whatever it is, whatever this, there's something missing in that locker room. You know, and the and the three of us are not there. So that would be something Ethan or Brady or Alex or those guys can really shed more light on because it it just seems like there's something missing. And I and I feel like they're they're obviously better than this. We're better than the Spurs. Don't you can't tell me otherwise we're better than the Pistons that we lost to earlier in the week. And Greg asked me that same damn question probably that <laughs> night too. Like, it's just crazy. Like, they 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 aren't the best team in the league. They're not the Boston Celtics by any means, but they're better than what they're doing. And that's why I feel like there's something within that's causing some of these problems, not so much Eric Spolstra or the front office.
1: I remember what I was saying before the season was this team couldn't afford uh, a slow start and mm-hmm. couldn't afford bad vibes. And it looks like we've gotten both – and Greg, one of the things I said was 20 games in, you can't be like 11 and nine. You know, maybe you'll sign for 12 and eight, but you'd want to be better than that. They still have 12 wins. And we're on December 10th. Is it now? They're 12 and 15. They just lost to the Pistons at home and the Spurs at home. And again, to me, I think if the worst case scenario is, because they're not, again, they're just not going to pick a direction until January 15th, if even that soon, right? Which is creeping up. It's about five weeks from now. But for all intents and purposes, even if they just continue to ride this out, I think by then you have to know like what you're going to do. By January 15th, because then that's when you can make certain moves or whatever the case may be. And I think one direction you can go is eventually just, resting Jimmy Butler just shutting him down for the season you could do the same thing with Bam later on and you could just move the pieces around them you heal them up and retool again and try again next year because for whatever reason it's not working this year and I think instead of going balls to the wall this year and just wasting a season and potentially injuring guys injuring guys long term you have to at some point say Jimmy get a procedure done on this knee because you can't like every couple weeks, it's something. He has to miss a game, whatever, even less often than that. Bam, just fucking rest, and then you just retool the parts around them, and it's not really like a full-blown tank, but it's really recharging for next season more than anything else. That's what you're going to have to look towards if this doesn't turn around, and I don't have many indications that it's going to turn around uh, swiftly enough.
3: So that's kind of not customary for how the Heat would handle this, but there's been moments where they've like taken a hard look and said, do we need to blow this up? You know, they were literally like a phone conversation away from that 11 and 30 season becoming a sell everything off kind of situation. And then it went the other way, Sean, should heat fans be worried that uh, by virtue of this team being an Eastern conference finalist core still back that, by virtue of the fact that even amongst all this losing, there's still only, what, three games in the lost column or so from the fourth or fifth seed?
1: That's how they'll look at it.
3: You're beating me to it then. Mm -hmm. Should we be worried that they're going to compromise an asset for a player that is a good fit? Like, let's just say straight up, like, I'm going to just throw this name out there. It is not sourced. It is just a name because we played him recently. Bojan Bogdanovic, like, let's just say you get him for a pick and you play well, but you end up like in the play in and then you get in the playoffs and you kind of lose anyway, like that, that almost feels worse than what Brian was just talking about. But do you think Heat fans should be worried that that kind of is where this trends ultimately?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think everybody would agree in the NBA, the worst place to be is in the middle. You either want to be really bad. So you get that high asset or you want to be really good. And sometimes you don't have that choice. I mean, this right now, we keep talking about tanking as a choice. Sometimes you just can't win games and you continue to get flushed down the toilet. I mean, it's, that's where we're at at this point. You know, we're not trying to lose these games. We just continually make bad decisions on the floor. And, and that, and this is where we're ending up with, you know, I, I just don't feel like there is that one minor piece, you know, the, the big names out there, you talk about the miles turners and even Russell Westbrooks and Buddy Healds and those bigger names that come available. I just don't think those are extremely realistic. So the smaller stuff around the edge, I mean, if that's not going to do enough, I think I agree with Greg. Like you're just kind of, you're enhancing your mediocrity. That's (laughs) I don't know if that's the right term, but that's not a good thing. Yeah, That's not what I want to see.
1: Yeah. I, I don't think what name out there is going to dramatically change this season. Because we throw came some in- at you,
3: I'll throw some at you. Would Demar okay. Derozan be worth going and getting? Small ball four kind of stuff. They kind of do di- things differently. I know not everyone loves that, but he's played well in that role in Chicago and in, in stretches. Would he move the needle to you guys to to give up a pick? Well, yeah. two, th-
1: two, two things with that. One, I have to see like what they would actually be trading. But two, the I, and we talked about this last year when it was rumored. Jimmy Butler, DeMar DeRozan, and Bam Adebayo just running into each other is probably not <laughs> something that, like, would work out offensively and mm-hmm. aesthetically and also just, like, practically. Like Everyone's going to need space, and a couple guys are going to need the ball to do things in the mid-range. I'm not sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That that fit is weird. And, you know, the the pieces on that team, you, you know, uh, Caruso, DeRozan, Levine, Vooch, if they decide to blow it up, I, I don't know – I mean, Vooch is expiring, I believe, but I, that's just a weird fit. I, I think because of his, his defense, lack of defense, yeah. not fitting here, but he obviously can shoot the ball. You know, Levine is owed like $250 million over the next four years. Mickey, you're going to have to have a huge rebound in Carnival stock to make that that work. <laughs> so, I I mean, I just don't see – I love Alex Caruso, but I mean, like, what what's he changing on this team? Yeah, right.
3: By that's the thing. point of
2: defense would be better, but –
3: it, you're so right. Like, I think a lot of Heat fans felt like we were going to arrive at a place this season where an Alex Caruso level player would have actually changed the complexion of this team had you made a move at the four spots specifically. Like, I think when we conceptualized how the season was going to go, the Heat were going to be afloat, but you know, have their moments where you saw the flaws and then eventually they'd plug that hole and that would be enough to keep them in contending status. Uh, Brian,
1: um, More
3: names? Yeah, that's so that's the point. I said DeMar DeRozan. I know it's not a perfect fit. What names do you have that you actually would be comfortable throwing? I mean, just give me one name if you got it, that you would be comfortable sacrificing this pick, knowing it's lottery protected. Um, And what if you had to remove protections? Like, I just feel like it's a risky kind of little scenario there. Um, But what names intrigue you? Scoot
1: Henderson no I'm kidding Uh, (laughs) (laughs) no but for real like I I don't think there's like it has to it can't be just a Boyan Bogdanovich type of player at this point because I don't know what he's actually changing it needs to be you actually can somehow make the Kevin Durant thing work and that's not going to happen because to trade Tyler Hero at this point is you know according to the cap just going to be very difficult uh, at least for the first year of his contract right or the the last year of this until he gets into that contract. Other than that, like, I don't see what, what like Miles is not going to change a ton. I think he'll help. There's areas where clearly he's going to help because I've been saying having Bam on the perimeter all the time, which I feel like is not the case often this year as much, but having him on the perimeter all the time hurts your rebounding, as we saw with Caleb Martin and Jimmy Butler, Caleb Martin in particular not really rebounding, and he doesn't rebound like a four, right? So... I, but I don't think there's a, a, a single person you're going to get that's a, obtainable that is going to all of a sudden do this. Like, it has to be a couple of players. It has to be a couple of players that are going to remain healthy. Like, I don't know if it's the Buddy Healed miles turner package, but then you have to consider, wait, so who's going to leave in that deal? Is it going to be Kyle Lowry? How does that make sense for Indiana? Does it? I don't think so. Because they you're have right. Tyrese Halliburton. That's stupid. So you're it's right. like, I, whatever scenario you're sort of painting here, I don't think there's a single name that's going to make a ton of sense. No, I know, and that's I think the, the point of the. Sorry, go ahead.
3: no, but no, I think, go. I think the point.
1: I think
2: the point of that is that you're not trading, obviously, Jimmy Bam Tyler because of obviously his contract situation this year. Shit, but, if, I, if I could trade, t- nah, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. So. Saying that we can't acquire somebody that's going to be good enough to change this is also going back to the point that, you know, those three are going to be here and those three have to make a bigger difference in order for the secondary piece that we can realistically acquire to make a big enough difference. Like you can't, any Jay Crowder shit is gone. Now, like that type of move is not a solution. You need Tyler, Bam and Jimmy. who have been great at times. Don't get me wrong, but like collectively as a whole, they need to be better it's not about the role players. It's not about the secondary players. It's about those three. And I'll throw Lowry in there as the fourth. They have to be better for this team to win and collectively gel together to make us better.
3: Yeah. No, that's, I, I, so, so someone
1: agree. in the chat said the name. Someone in the chat said the name. It just hit me now, but they're not going to have the horses to get this guy unless Shea Gildas out of Xander. That's it. But they're yeah. not, they, they're not going to like, with what? Oklahoma City is going to be like, yeah, sure, we'll take. Kyle Lowry and no, they have to wait. Like, like, no, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And they're not that bad right now. (laughs) No. And (laughs) like,
3: and also frankly, I think Tyler would have to be included in anything like that. And that's not till this summer. Part of getting Tyler extended now also uh, allows him to not be in limbo next summer. Like the summer that's coming up, he would be, if he was in restricted free agency, he'd be kind of in limbo and trying to figure out what's going to happen to him. Now he knows what he'll make and he'll become trade eligible. So to your point, like that stuff is all more viable in the off season. And that just makes this disconcerting because it feels like they're going to end up ultimately deciding that there isn't probably the right difference maker out there to pull the trigger. And they're just going to try to stem the tide with this group and they're going to come up short, but we will still continue to have this show, um, every single night to have you covered uh want to shout out another great sponsor and that's prize picks use the code five to get your initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars they're my favorite daily fantasy uh, uh platform they're the official daily fantasy uh sponsor of the five reason sports network and five on the floor use the code five to get your initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars they uh we've extended our partnership through uh, 20 through first half 2023 so we're, we're super excited about that partnership it's been instrumental in the growth of the network so thank you shout out to Prize Picks. shout out to A Aggressive Insurance uh, final thoughts from either of you as we get to the 30 minute mark and we go about our Saturday
1: evenings yeah because I got fucking boxing to watch uh, Ira Winderman said if we've reached the point where Max didn't, didn't play the second half due to coach's decision as bolster said that where exactly does this heat bench stand that's a concern for me because that is really indicative of all the shit we've been talking about for Yo. the whole season, but especially this week.
3: He didn't play in the second half.
1: I didn't even I, notice that until I I didn't him notice
3: Sean. Your boy looking at Duncan. That. Wait, Duncan got eight minutes. That was all in the first half, too, though, wasn't it?
1: No, no, no that was in the third quarter. It. Yeah, it was oh, the third quarter. Okay. Yeah, he 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 Struz played 16. Thing. I thought at a bare minimum, you would trade Duncan Robinson this offseason, and that didn't happen.
3: You're right. And now you got the Struess and Gabe decisions. You're needing to avoid the tax. I mean, I guess the one thing is, is that they're not playing so great. So who knows what their offers will look like. Shout out to Caleb Martin, because more and more, I just want to say that despite whatever struggles you may have, and I know you missed the last shot, uh, Caleb Martin has proved to be a uh, really valuable uh player that the heat retained and i think ultimately will be a great wing uh, like on a championship team he's your like your best wing off the bench kind of scenario so um i hope that we get there one day so shout out to caleb martin shout out to jimmy butler uh tyler had his moments tonight i know people want bam to be more aggressive but he's been really aggressive lately i think just this was a weird game um sean final thoughts
2: Yeah, I know we don't. We're running out of time tonight, but I just I think there has to be a discussion about Jimmy not touching the ball in that last possession. Thirty points, all the times that he's led us to victories. Great time. I mean, I have nothing wrong with Tyler in that situation. I think that was a good shot. I know we faulted you know Bam for that. He was involved in the pick and roll according to Spo, but I I don't know. I think I think Jimmy's got to have the ball in his hands at least to make the decision whether or not he takes that shot.
3: Especially getting to the line. Um, I didn't like going for the three there. I felt like you had to get this win, even if it looked ugly and we came on here and we were like, you know, oh, it was ugly, but they got the victory like that is how you rebuild the season like this is you just just chip away at it and gut out any victory you can. And the fact that they didn't go to Jimmy, so that he could at least make the decision, get to the line, do something positive—that is, with your, uh, you know, getting downhill instead of going for the Um, win—I just don't think we're in the position to. We we're right now need to minimize risk, but I don't know in the transaction market that they uh, need to. Have that same mindset. So we'll see. Thank you for joining us on this show. We'll have you covered. Five on the floor will be back. Ethan hosts for your episode on your Monday morning drives into work. Uh, follow us for all dolphins coverage tomorrow. And uh hopefully we'll have better stuff going uh with the heat on this road trip. But I don't like a at Indy, at OKC, mm. at Houston, at San Antonio. Uh, these are the names that have been giving us trouble. So we shall see what takes place. But thank you for joining us.